Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, implementations, insights, getting the most out of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Global Psychor Practice Director and Psychor MVP at AmericanEagle.com. We're continuing our tour of products in the composable ecosystem of Psychor with one of their partners, Uniform. Uniform was founded by a few well-known previous Psychorians. To summarize, Uniform is a digital experience composition platform, or also known as a DXCP, which our guest Alex Sheba today is going to tell us more about. Alex is one of the co-founders of Uniform and is currently serving as the CTO. Alex also previously spent nearly 12 years at Psychor as well. Alex, welcome to the water cooler. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So we'll start off easy today. I know a lot of our listeners, you know, do know who you are, especially with the time that you spent at Psychor. But just tell us a little bit more about your background and yourself. Yeah, uh, happy to. Um, so I kind of started my journey. Uh, Psychor was the first employer. Uh, so I started my journey out of college on the fourth year uh, doing a part-time internship, I guess, at, uh, at Psychor back in Ukraine. That was 2005. So that kind of got me into the whole world of CMS. And that was, I still remember seeing uh, Psycho 5 UI for the first time. If you remember Windows Vista, so that was the first shocking piece of technology <laughs> I've seen. And I was like, is this working in the browser? How, how does it even work? <laughs> so that definitely got me hooked. And uh, since then, I really want to understand everything about how the system works. And I guess my, my interest in, in, into this space is different from a lot of software engineers that went through, you know, junior dev and into that career, middle, senior, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of went through customer support and professional services route. So I kind of, um, even though I, I got a degree in software engineering, I kind of got, got hooked into more like customer area. And yeah, that, that, that influenced uh, my career going forward, I think, talking with customers early and learning about how to communicate effectively. John West got me under his wing, so I got a lot of influence from him in the early days. And yeah, that so that got me into U.S. and got transferred and kind of started working more with customers and professional services, a realm. And this is where I got I got exposed to so many interesting, compelling enterprise scenarios, like working with huge known brands, right? And I was like in my early 20s. So I was <laughs> definitely experiencing a major uh, imposter syndrome <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> working through that. But that that got me fast-tracked, I think, in, in the world of solution architecture and, and pre-sales world. So I it's like where I, I'm very thankful for trying every technical role imaginable, even the training, even with my accent of trying to get better at that as well. And, and then product. Product was actually my last step of the journey, which is, I'd say, a bit quite unconventional. Uh, so, yeah, I tried various different things. And I think that shaped my, my outlook in general in terms of breadth and I always wanted to uh, use this experience in in a, in a capacity of my own thing. So that, that kind of prepared me, I think. that That's my kind of very compressed journey from early days to where, sure. where I'm at now. Very cool. Yeah, 2005 seems like a light year ago, but uh, time travels fast when we're having fun there. 
Um, so yeah. you, you mentioned just to stick on it for a second. So at Sitecore, you said the end of your journey there was more in product management. What were you working on before you departed Sitecore? Yeah, I had a few projects, the uh, experience analytics, path analyzer, and the last one was PsychoGSS. So the, uh, the team that uh, I had a chance to assemble, that was uh, Team X, if you remember back in the day. So we were kind of working mm -hmm. on extreme R&D projects. So this is where I had the chance to work with Nick Wesselman, with with Cam, um, Cam Figi, and with Adam Weber. So that, that was... Those those were the uh, the most fun days at Psycho I've had for sure, to to build build something that doesn't really fit the roadmap was never on the roadmap but yet it made it and uh, it, it was thrilling to see the the life of GSS reborn into headless and 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 and, the, and, and influencing Psycho's direction in in recent couple of years even after I left so that that was that was great to see how much bottom-up innovation can really influence companies direction and uh, success and this is really something i'm i'm championing championing for, for inside uniform is uh, there is a like general vision roadmap but also encourage bottom-up innovation where mm -hmm. engineers can come with their idea and support that flow as well. I think I believe in this kind of balance of, of two two directions when, when it comes to product innovation. Those were fun days and yeah, that, that definitely prepared me working in somewhat like a skunk works format um, in South Salido office, but also being a part of you know, Bay Area tech. Like uh, the, the, there's a lot going on here as, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So I always had the, uh, the desire to kind of live that dream for for a while and see what it's like to be in the startup environment. So that that kind of just worked uh, organically. Um, switching sure. gears from Skunk Works to to startup environment. That's very cool. I think your your Sitecore journey and career definitely prepared you well for that, especially innovating some of those new products that you mentioned. So let's let's transition into the the current role, right, with Uniform. You know, obviously, I do want a little bit of background on the company, but also include on, you know, why you and Lars originally founded Uniform. So maybe just a little back history on the company and kind of what you guys are working on and innovating today. Yeah, so we, we have three co-founders. So Adam Kahn, uh, Lars Peterson, and myself. And this is, we kind of connected around the need in general to um, to create a new class of, new type, type of system, I would say by having this sort of agency a year in agency mode we we had a chance to kind of recalibrate on on what's actually happening in the space and and what do the customers need and want we saw a clear need of uh, of an approach and a tool kind of combined together that would approach uh, digital experience projects very differently and and putting customer in control over their destiny in a way uh, so a system that will allow uh, rapid experimentation, have agility built in that you can swap out components and really embrace the best of breed, best of need mindset where some of the most ambitious teams we had a chance to work with, they, they wanted to really use a collection of tools from all sorts of different vendors, from Sitecore, from Adobe, from Oracle all in one solution. So it, it was clear that this is 
uh, really a path uh, that, that needs to be enabled better because a lot of time is spent on integrating things. And the question is, where do you integrate like commerce and CMS? Do you integrate that into a CMS? And we've seen too many cases where you, know, you over-invested into integrating too much into one system and you're becoming overly dependent on, on one system and you cannot really evolve architecture. We saw a need for, for more of a decentralized approach, I guess, and, and have ability to serve as a middleware between various components with ability to hot swap systems. So you can add another CMS into the stack without a revolution mm-hmm. in your stack. You can um, maybe swap out one personalization tool with another. You can swap out front-end framework uh, to another front-end framework. It, it really started on the I would say, experience side of things where we saw the amount of power you have on the CDN level and how much more you can offload from traditional experience layer, which handles personalization, maybe testing to a CDN and reach tremendous uh, scale and performance parameters. So that, that also opened up the door of kind of revisiting how, how much of that role for traditional DXP should be happening on the server versus on the CDN. Uh, and because every customer has their own CDN, it's kind of... Um, it begs the question, should it be really portable layer as well? So this is where we kind of crystallize this vision of bring your own at every layer, whether it's a CMS, content source, commerce, or front-end framework, which is a highly, also it's been a highly volatile space because things changing, uh, used to change monthly, now it's more stable. Um, and CDN as well, where so many options and so many things happening in that space with new age CDNs um, also popping in the market. So we, we realized there needs to be something to support this composable, pluggable architecture that's really true to the sense of composability where you never attach to an underlying one system and you can hot swap, you can evolve, and you can achieve a more sustainable, I would say, situation with the with all the solutions that digital experience solutions that have been built. So instead of them being ripped and replaced every five to seven years, sometimes more often, mm-hmm. what if we can do this more incrementally and more in a way that it's more evolutionary? So that that was kind of a premise of there needs to be something new uh, sure. to power this sort of line of thinking. And this is where we organized around and yeah started our journey with where we thought the biggest pain points and gaps are, which was in personalization and edge personalization. But more recently, we expanded that scope to composition management and presentation experience layer, content sources integration. So it's it's a lot more than what we used to be known as uh, kind of personalization for headless yep. uh, systems. So yeah, that has been a quite a exciting journey so far. You guys were innovating composable before it was a mainstream term. So definitely like to see that you guys are innovators in the space. I do want to go back to your term composition, right? Because you all advertise the digital experience composition platform. I love the idea of rip and replace, you know, instead of starting over, how can we, you know, move in and out these puzzle pieces if we want to maybe add something new or switch switch them out. But you know, DXCP, if you were to simplify, kind of what, what, is, what is your simplified definition of that from a uniform standpoint? Yeah, if we anchor this 
uh, to the, I think th this audience's understanding of what um, system like Sitecore represents. There is three layers, the way I think about it, uh, a CMS, and same thing applies to AEM and other systems uh, built in mid 2000s. There is a core content layer, which is agnostic, like content items, data templates, and every CMS calls it differently, but same idea, mm -hmm. uh, right? And then presentation layer uh, that is built on top of that. So that abstraction gives you renderings, layouts, and all of that, that whole power capability that allows you to build pages, right? And even though there's no formal definition of a page and classic Sitecore sense, like we talked about page level items, right? which is really content item with layout attached to it. But it is a thing of its own and a layer that exists in those systems. And then experience layer that sits on top of that is what provides personalization. You'd be testing some of those marketing capabilities. That's the way I think about it. And um, so if we look into uh, digital experience composition, I see this as a fresh take on the whole concept of digital experience platform, but what if digital experience platform was open and was multi-source? So that bottom layer that owns content, it doesn't have to be a part of that system. And where composition, uh, that presentation layer and experience layer, a second and third layer, they can be formalized as, as a thing, right? And it can be uh, working with any content source. You have REST API, you can bring in that content and, and be really vendor neutral uh, approach. So that act of a composition comes together on a page level content where you, whether it's a page or a screen, if you build in for mobile or kiosk or whatnot, it's an experience that you build out of components. So formalization of that layer and, and being able to bring content from any source that that's really what's what it's all about at the at the core level with of course the visual uh, capabilities as well because as we all know the difference between headless and 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 the traditional in a suites approach is that that WYSIWYG and, and and live preview is not always there and in most cases that's the definition of headless you don't have anything that renders that experience. So we mm -hmm. saw this as also a big missing piece. So as folks transition into these platforms, they, they have the expectation of uh, seeing everything that's on my page, being able to find content easily, edited visually, seeing the real life preview. And that becomes kind of uh, an icing on the cake kind of layer on top of uh, the underlying premise of uh, digital experience composition. So it's really embracing the fact that there's the thing is built out of components, components um, and about the atomic design principles. And, and that content exists typically in the average customer that we're dealing with. There is three to four content sources uh, that, that are powering the web experience. So we think there needs to be a way to embrace that. So that's what we did with Mesh, uh, ability to build this uh, content integration easily, uh, visually without even code and activate content that may be trapped in, in, in the content sources, bring that into a modern front-end component is just a few clicks. So that, that's kind of Great. how I think about it. Yeah. So I wanna unpack your last, your last comment there kind of about with Mesh specifically. So 
with your platform for more of the business users or even marketers or content authors on on the podcast you know so you guys have um, a technology that actually allows them to construct a page or pages even in a headless environment where in a traditional headless environment like with contentful you're having developers build that ui but you guys have you guys have kind of helped solve that problem where you're actually giving them the ability to kind of construct a page on their own yeah exactly so there's a notion of component library that's configured for you to use and you can build any number of uh, pages using that um, that set of components if we look into like classic headless scenario you can model like components and pages in a headless cms because it's just content types but it never feels uh, like first class capability yep. it feels like some architect's idea of what what that layer could be and it's always shallow limited and it requires a lot of cognitive load on the business user operator especially when they go from project to project in a large organization every project will be a, a unique take on what that abstraction could be with uniform and one of the reasons we called uniform we want to make that layer uniform for practitioners as well and for developers that you don't have to specialize around a cms anymore and you can go from web property a to web property b very easily because it's it's the same concepts of components and compositions once you brought that it's it's smooth sailing so that's kind of the, the whole the whole reason why we wanted to formalize that as a as a thing and uh, it seems to be resonating really well with analysts and, and market in general. Perfect. And that's one of your, uh, we'll say, differentiators, because like, when we compare you to like a Vercel or Netlify, they're just hosting the front end app, a headless app, right? You guys add that additional layer in you know, for a headless app where you give them additional editing capabilities where they would maybe not get that with a separate hosting provider. Yeah, we, we do not compete at all in that. We, exactly. we, we build to work well mm -hmm. with either um and since we don't have a front end in a box uh you plug in your own deploy the front end cloud or the front end delivery platform or cdn of choice whatever you, you call it right so um sometimes when we talk to it teams and they are on you know five year akamai contract and they, they're not moving anywhere and they're happy with that yep. technology selection so we're well aware of that sometimes um, the team is going through a selection process. When they think composable, they revisit the choices, not just CMS choices, but the front end and CDN choices as well. Uh, so we play really nicely with um, with kind of more established CDNs, with, with more modern uh, CDNs as well, and try to maximize what you can do on those platforms. So our idea is we provide SDKs for you to sprinkle our functionality into those CDN specific capabilities. So if the CDN is able to run edge, edge middleware, edge functions, edge workers, we have a CDN specific package for, for you to run personalization A-B testing, for example, there. Awesome. Right? So that, that kind of gives you a lot of uh, freedom to roam around the cabin, so <laughs> to speak, but also to maximize the value, the investments you put in into your existing infrastructure so we, we specifically didn't want to have uh you know front end in a box and you have to use you have to deploy into uniform now we we facilitate our orchestration in this layer but you you bring your own perfect 
with that said, if I if I switch back to Sycor's composable strategy, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a, a use case or customer use case that you want to highlight here. So if we take Sycor mm -hmm. specifically, we now have like XM Cloud, we have personalized CDP, Order Cloud, you name it. Do you, got, do you have any recent case studies or just relevant use cases that you like, you think that someone's using Uniform really well in the Sycor context and with these new products? Anything you can give us? Yeah, we, we have customers that are on all sides of the spectrum. Uh, the ones that extended their investment in, into Sycor and, and decided to stick with Sycor for longer by embracing modern front-end by, by connecting Uniform on top of Sycor and sort of get that instant composability and front-end modernization. So we're talking about this paradigm of uh, express train and local train. So we have a way to provide you with an express train to composability if you want to move fast. Uh, if you cannot move fast, we have a couple of local trains you can take. And, and those local trains will give you physical decoupling of uh, your content delivery. You can reduce amount of content delivery servers or completely eliminate them. You can turn your Cycle site static, your existing MVC site, and then incrementally uh, go through migration to React, Next.js, and then uh, decoupling of the whole presentation experience layer on your own terms, depending on how fast you're willing to move and how much you're willing to invest. So the spectrum in the Sitecore ecosystem is so wide, mm -hmm. it's there is really no one approach. So we typically work out, okay, what's, what's your objective this year? What, what is the, your ma major pain that you're experiencing? Is this maybe cost of the infrastructure? Is this maybe maybe performance? Maybe it's inability to run personalization uh, at scale on CDN. Uh, so that's that's very unique per, per customer. And sometimes we build out this kind of multi-month uh, roadmap for them how to get into, into composable on, on their own terms. So this is kind of way we combine expertise of our solution architects that's also have an average 10 year of uh, SQL experience with the product and typically work out uh, the best plan going forward. Migration uh, conversation as well. Some customers do not see their future with SQL and you know it's not just situation with SQL, it's just things change, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, parameters change in the equation. Sometimes you need to re-platform, um, so there, there's ways to do that as well. So it's it's really no size fits all. Our general approach to composability is that we we work out a way with minimum changes to their existing cycle investments. So if they are on cycle nine, cycle eight, we can get them to composability with our connector in a matter of days. Uh, sometimes quicker. And so that's that's the whole idea, and they they don't have to touch their um, uh, their existing investments, and they can extend that lifetime quite a bit. Yeah, I love the the roadmap idea and kind of the middle ground on working your way to composability. There's thousands of Sycor clients that are on MVC.net. I love the idea of kind of getting them to this first step here, you know, decoupling, and mm -hmm. then eventually maybe rewriting, and you know, eventually XM Cloud, maybe Next.js, etc. So. Sounds like a really good way for existing Sycor clients to get the most use out of your platform. Yeah, definitely. And we have integrations with other parts of Sycor ecosystems as well, with order of cloud too. Perfect. So 
in the job of creating integration, if you have REST APIs, is actually you can build it visually uh, just by using our REST generic REST integration um, data source type, and uh, it's it's that easy. But on top of that, there's meshes decay to to do more bespoke uh, UX side of the integration. So you have like custom content pickers. So if somebody wants to go and play and integrate with uh, with with another service that Cycle has to offer, we, we built for that sort of openness and composability and. We really don't have a horse in the race, so to speak. The, the challenge of building vendor-neutral platform like Uniform is it's an ambitious cha- challenge, to be <laughs> honest. Right? So maintaining this Switzerland-like philosophy is is our our DNA, and, and that's why we're investing in agencies and partner channel uh, as as one of our main investments because we're not building these solutions. We we rely on on agencies to to deliver those solutions, but we do a lot of enablement together. So that's that's where the extensibility story is even more interesting because if you have some sort of custom bespoke system or maybe you know older enterprise system that may not have you know great APIs, you can still integrate with that. And um, we want to make sure we have a story there as well. So it's a lot more inclusive than this is just modern headless systems and that's it. The reality is that there's, you know, there may be a homegrown system with some sort of uh, old API, but you, it may not be fast enough, but you want to get that content out to your front end. And this is where our edge-based delivery comes into play, that even your API is slow, it's not built for to be used at runtime at scale, our edge-hancing layer will actually take care of that. So there's, there's a lot of interesting capabilities there, especially for system integrators and agencies to build on top of. Perfect. Awesome. So I got one final question for you today, Alex, and it's about your product roadmap, what you can share, what you can maybe tease us with. So it doesn't have to be related to Sitecore specifically, but what, what are some of the exciting developments you guys have coming down the pipeline beyond the products you guys already have, or maybe even it's an enhancement to a product that you already have this year, maybe in the future? Yeah, it's a great timing actually because next week we have um, another another product launch. So by the time uh, this this airs, I think <laughs> this will be public information. So I can I can definitely share that. So as as we we focusing a lot more on the marketer and the practitioner persona. So we have developer story nailed pretty pretty well. At this point, we want to make sure that our tools are positioning the marketer and, and turning marketers into superheroes at work. So that's kind of our our vision now. Uh, so we do a lot of investment in that area by adding more powerful capabilities on top of things that we have shipped, uh, such as Canvas, which is the, the visual experience uh, builder tool uh, mesh as well, and um, project map, which is ability to manage sitemaps. Uh, oh, which cool. is another big big gap in the headless space. Um, very cool. So, alongside with that, we have uh, redirect management coming up. As as you remember, redirect management in Sitecore world is a sore topic, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been addressed via multiple open source modules. Uh, so, this is actually what we wanted to bring earlier in in the in the product ability to to have GUI 
to manage create redirects and manage redirects. So when you, you either you need vanity URL kind of configuration, or maybe you move a page in the in the project map from one location to another, or you delete, we will offer to create a redirect. And that redirect will be so will be managed by non-technical folks that are operators of Uniform Project, but it will execute also at the CDN of choice. So if you run Akamai Cloudflare, Netlify Vercel, we, we will give you SDK to bring the execution part of redirect as close as possible to the CDN. So this way it feels integrated and it executes without cost of performance or without any uh, calls to the origin. So that, that's, that's really important empowering piece. And together with that um, ability to manage in the commerce context, um, product detail pages, which could be tens of thousands of. So being able to manage compositions for those pages in a scalable way, that is uh, gonna be possible um, end of June uh, using our dynamic pages capability, where awesome. you, you essentially manage dynamic routing and you don't have to just do you know, top level pages, et cetera. You, you can manage any type of page at scale with, with Uniform Canvas. Awesome. Yeah, so th those are kind of two two things. Together with that, we uh, there will be a public preview of the new Next.js SDK, which works with App Router and React Server components. So there's a whole new way of building Next.js apps. So that's uh, fully compatible with our personalization and uh, Canvas capabilities as well. So that gonna be great for any any new projects and or any project that are switching gears to full edge rendering uh, capability. We have a webinar coming up on that topic uh, next week, uh, which is, I think by the time this airs, it's going to be already there. So that's going to be on the 29th. We'll be talking about edge rendering and Perfect. that serving dynamic content. So that, that could be an interesting um, webinar to tune into. So I'm glad I asked the question. All sounds like a lot of great product announcements you guys have coming out here here late june early july so definitely something for the audience to check out we'll make sure to post some of these links as well when we post this on our socials so really appreciate the insight today alex and really appreciate you coming on the show today um and joining us on the water cooler again we hope to have you back in the future further collaborate with you in the future um we'll definitely have you back on the show again soon sounds good and there, there's one more live stream i forgot to tell you about <laughs> please, <laughs> please, please do a quick second so this is going to be very, it's a live stream series that we're doing with Tim Bannix. It's going to be my sidekick side for that effort. Okay. Uh, so there's going to be a few live streams, very much live YouTube format and, and kind of show, not tell, kind of fun fun format. And it's called What Legacy? It's kind of playing words, okay. challenging the whole notion of legacy technology in general and actually showing what's possible uh, we're going to start with Sitecore space because we know this really well and Very cool. show what we can talk about front end modernization. And what could be more interesting for this audience is we're going to open up conversation around uh, skill and experience we use specifically Sitecore skills and how they apply to the world of composable architectures. And we, we have a few interesting data points from customers that kind of took the leap and they are. Uh, they were surprised how much they were able to reuse of prior skills on on new with new systems and in how how tra relatable translatable those skills are so i think that's going to be interesting 
conversation to have with with cycle community and and uh, and 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 show what's possible. So That's... super excited about that. Uh, we have one coming up tomorrow, actually on twenty second, but. We'll, we'll try to do them monthly. So awesome. Look out for those as well. And that's something we've talked about in the past on the show is, you know, how can existing psycho developers in the community get, you know, make that jump to composable. So it sounds like some really great topics. So I'll definitely be tuning in myself. So we'll make sure to post a link in the chat for everyone um, after they listen to the episode. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Sure. All right. Thanks again to Alex Sheba from Uniform for joining us today on the Psychor Water Cooler Podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Psychor. I'm your host, John Price, and until the next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Psychor Water Cooler podcast today, wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Brian Winger. 